0: Listening to the best of Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. Be sure to catch our show live every Sunday on thirteen seventy AM Austin. For information, archives, and upcoming presentations, visit our website at www.livingwealthyradio.com. What if there was a place where your hard-earned cash could grow safely and sanely, without being pilfered by bankers, Wall Street, tax collectors? ...or other persons of dubious character. A place where you could say no... ...to the motion sickness inducing ups and downs of the stock market. Where you didn't have to grovel on your hands and knees... ...every time you wanted to borrow money from some tight-fisted banker... ...who collects all your private data... ...and then turns you down. Such a world sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Well... It isn't. All you need to do is call toll free right now and ask for your living wealthy financial information packet. It costs nothing and it will tell you exactly what you need to do to chart a more prosperous financial course and take back what belongs to you. So, do it. Call right now 1 800 382 0830. That's one eight hundred three eight two zero eight three zero, Or visit our website at www.livingwealthyfinancial.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio with your host, Teresa Kuhn.
1: This is Tammy DeLue here with you. Um, I'm not Teresa Kuhn. Most of you have figured that out if you've listened to the show for any length of time. But I'm really excited to be here with you because we wanted to do something different today. What we wanted to do is give Teresa the opportunity to really explain what she does with Living Wealthy Financial Group and the techniques that she uses to help her clients and their families conserve their wealth, grow their wealth, and just get away from some of the uh, banking and financial institution um, runarounds that we all get. And we're joined today by Kristen Kolka, who is the assistant to Teresa Kuhn, and she does a little bit, I'm going to say a little bit of everything. I haven't really found anything yet that Kristen can't do. So We're glad to have both of them on the show to talk to you a little bit more about what they do and why it's so important for everyone to at least take a look at the concepts of Bank on Yourself. Welcome, ladies.
2: Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Miss Tammy. And I will say that I've got a correction to make. Kristen Kolka is a bank on yourself authorized advisor.
1: Oh, I know. She's that too. I'm saying she she does it all. She she's does. an authorized advisor. She is she's really the the I think I said she's the grease on the wheels of uh, living wealthy, right? I th-
2: I <laughs> she <think> keeps That <laughs> might be a way of describing Kristen. Sure. I don't I don't know that I dare call her the grease of the wheels, she <laughs> might throw her shoe at me, but you can because you're in California. And I can't go can. that far. I, I can I can call her anything
1: but late to dinner, right? You know it's the old joke. But you know, the, really, the grease that that on uh, the machinery is the most important part, in my opinion. We wanted because Teresa has all these interesting guests on, and she has all of these people that are giving you great advice about lifestyle and financial choices, but she never really gets a chance to dig into what she does. For people, which I think is so important. So, first of all, Teresa, talk to us about how you switched gears in the middle of your career and moved out of law and into finances and made all these wonderful discoveries along the way. Now, what's your backstory?
2: Well, my backstory is well, I have a degree in finance, and while I was in college, I started working for prudential-based securities. And I worked for prudential-based securities during my, I think, last year of college and then before law school and realized while I was working in the securities industry, and I worked for a niche prudential-based securities office. They had recruited the top producers from Merrill Lynch. They they, they created this elite little group of uh, brokers at the time, is what they were called. There were about 10 of them. And I worked for uh, a woman who was very, very successful an older woman, and realized during my couple years of working with in the securities industry that I really wanted nothing to do with people losing money. what I had seen in my experience with the securities industry and and the clients and these very, very successful brokers working with these clients and working with you know putting together portfolios. I saw people losing money all day long and I saw these brokers having to call their clients and the clients calling and being upset because they lost money and I just realized I was not built to handle that kind of practice. So I basically checked that off my list of of things that I wanted to do when I grew up from there. So you worked on the on the dark side for a while and you got to see the the
1: aftermath of what some of these decisions were, right? So, What did it make you do? I mean, what was your
2: first thought of, you know, what direction to go into after that? I had always wanted to go to law school. It was just a stepping stone before I got to law school. I went to law school, practiced law in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, uh, practiced for a firm. I had an office downtown D.C. in a a very cool place, K Street in Connecticut, which was the place to practice law. And uh, several years later, my husband was transferred to Ohio, and I decided that I didn't want to get licensed in every state in the country because it was basically my thought that we'd chase my husband's career because with my background and personality, I knew that, you know, I could do anything anywhere and we, we needed I needed to support him and his career. So we went to Ohio, and I went back to working with money, uh, went back to working in finance. And so you got out
1: of law, you got into finance, kind of like, you know, jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Something changed. Something got your your mindset changed completely from the traditional way that you had been raised, so to speak, or the traditional way you'd been taught in school. What got you thinking
2: in a totally opposite direction as far as how people should manage their money. Well, my son was born 18 years ago, and I am the type of person that constantly needs to be intellectually stimulated. You know, right after he was born, for whatever reason, I found uh, this genre, these books on finance and money, and I started going down this rabbit hole of information information that led me to understand that everything I had been taught or so much of what I had been taught in business school and finance school and in law school about how money really worked and how the legal system really worked and how our government really worked was a big, fat lie. And I became depressed. I loved to learn, and I went into school just learning about, you know, what I thought, you know, how the world worked, right? And I went to law school, and I practiced law, in the greatest city in the world, and I really had rose-colored glasses on. I thought the legal system was all about justice, and (laughs) the money game, you know, Wall Street really was about helping people become wealthy. At that point in time, and it was exactly 18 years ago, because that's how old my son is, so I I can remember this, and I'll always remember the time. It was very eye-opening and realized that, once the rose-colored glasses were off, they could never go back on, right? You can never... W- once your mind has been expanded and once you have learned information like this, you can never go back. And I realized that whatever I did with my life, whatever, however I served my future clients had to be with a strategy or with a type of practice that was congruent with how I understood the real world to work. Wow, it's kinda of like in the Matrix, you took you had to choose
1: the pills, right, to open up your eyes and it's funny you said that because once you have been exposed to this, you really have to deal with it somehow. A lot of people I think deal with it by just just ignoring it. And other people become depressed. In your case, you went full out to immerse yourself in every single piece of information you could get on alternate financial strategies, and I think that's how you came across Nelson Nash and some of the others. Is that correct? That is correct. So you just went out and you studied because you love to read. You read, about 5,000 words a minute, I think. Uh, I know you, so you read fast. And you discovered this, what we're going to talk about today, which is the bank on yourself strategy, the way to keep people from losing their money and build their nest egg, and, and also you... You pulled other people into the vortex, one of them is here today, Kristen Kolka, and Kristen is very young to be getting this, and I love that about it how did um How did Kristen fall into your vortex of your web Teresa
2: my web, wow, your web. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll go back 18 years ago. So, as I was learning about this new paradigm, right? I, mm-hmm. you know, I would share it with some of my friends and, you know, family members and they of course thought I was crazy. And I remember every book that I bought, I would buy another copy for my father to read, and I'd send him a copy of the book because I needed somebody to talk to. I I needed, you know, we didn't have the Internet back then, and I needed someone to go over this information with. And after, like, the third or fourth book, my father called me up and said, stop sending me these books. Stop. (laughs) I, You know, I'm, at the time, he was 60 years old, and he's like, if this information is true, there is nothing I can do about it. And uh, so I realized I was on my own at that point in time. Years later, as the Internet um, became more and more uh, used and as a place for information that was not filtered by the media, I found a whole group of people who did understand the uh, truth about money and the truth the about Like-minded. The like-minded people. yeah, like-minded people. <laughs> and. It's very interesting to know, today, what many people think is, all right, not, like the Federal Reserve is not a government agency, right? That's just one example. Well, today, I think more and more people realize that. Back then, that was crazy talk. (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? Of course it's a government agency, it's the Federal Reserve, right? (laughs) And so that's just one really simple example. And so
1: revolutionary, though, back in those days, it was it was really radical. It was
2: radical to say that. And that that's like that's nothing compared to the rest of the information that's out there. And so I think today there is more acceptance of this alternative information. And even on Fox News, like Judge Napolitano and and a few others, uh, you know, make this information more mainstream. But it doesn't mean the mainstream accept it as truth. So I've had an influence on on different people, colleagues, my son who's 18, my nephew who's 29, Christian, who <laughs> she started working with me. She was in college and pursuing her degree or, or getting ready to start her degree. You know, I just told her what I knew, the truth to be. Here's the information, you figure it out for yourself, but here's the information that I know. And wow. Kristen can tell you whether she felt it was like being brainwashed or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to hear from Kristen. Kristen, just to, I mean, tell us how in the world you hooked up with this this uh dynamo <laughs> and how are you ever able to keep up with her? I wanna know the secret there.
3: Well, I think it was kind of almost fate. <laughs> it was a god because, thing. <laughs> well, yeah, good. I came from um I came from the banking industry and i met trace at a time when i was desperately trying to get out of the banking industry um because i was seeing firsthand exactly how it really wasn't what they want you to believe it is i started working in the banking industry uh probably in 2005 went through the financial crisis and saw a lot of changes. They weren't good changes. They were they were changes that were hurting our our clients and we were a small community bank who really worked to serve our clients and I was really proud to be a part of that. So when that changed, my enjoyment of my job changed as well. And um it took me about a year of of job searching to find Teresa. I actually found her on Craigslist. Imagine that. <laughs> 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 and um when I went to interview with her. It was probably one of the longest interviews of my entire life. (laughs) You didn't know you were getting a lawyer, did you? No. (laughs) But I remember coming home and being so excited because it was something different, and it was something that I hadn't heard about before. The more and more I read about it, and now I think Teresa's turned me into a certified information junkie as well. Sorry about that. I just wanted to, to learn more and more and more. It, it makes sense. It makes sense based on what I've seen with my background and my experience, and I've seen it work for our clients. And, and you know, it's funny. You
1: said that, uh, Teresa mentioned that you are, uh, you know, an authorized bank on yourself advisor, but that didn't you tell me that was sort of at your insistence because you became so, um, you know, entranced by this whole idea that you you wanted to actually get with the clients, you wanted to work with the clients.
3: Yeah, I, I started as a um, as a planner, and so I was doing a lot of the back end planning for Teresa. And the more and more I learned about it, the more I really wanted to be able to help people the way Teresa was helping people. And so I told her, I think about what six or nine months into it, but I wanted to uh, get my license and become a Bank on Yourself authorized advisor. And so um, I went through all the training and all the wow. classes and all the hours of learning.
2: <laughs> and it and, is and you're still learning.
3: It, yeah, the learning
2: doesn't process. stop.
3: No,
1: it doesn't. And I wanted to bring that out, too. That, that What we're going to talk about today is, is something that there are people doing various permutations of this type of system that we're going to talk about today. But, um The authorized Bank on Yourself advisors, that's really important because they do go through a lot of training. It's not just a a rubber stamp that they, you know, stick on the forehead. It's actually got a lot of depth to it, and it's challenging. And there's how many people are there doing this, Teresa, now? Not many. 200 across the country. Just 200 across the country. Now, we know their background, and they're both kind of, you know, they're on the same plane. But there's a type of person who really, I think, understands this intuitively. They they understand that it's the truth, and they're attracted to the system. So let's talk a little bit, Teresa, about if you had to uh, go on a game show, okay? Let's say you're on a game show, and you get to answer really briefly when they ask you in the beginning, you know, when Alex comes around and says, so, Teresa, what do you do for a living? What is Bank on Yourself? And a real brief sum it up if you had to just, you know, pretend I'm a Martian and I don't know anything about it.
2: Bank on Yourself is a savings strategy that helps people grow their wealth without risk while still maintaining liquidity use and control of their money. And it's got certain features and benefits that really no other financial strategy has. And I know that sounds very conceptual, but I think bottom line, that's what Bank on Yourself does for people.
1: And and you were attracted to this because one of the things that it offered, again, was that it had – risk was a problem for you, correct? I mean, risk – putting people's money at risk was the issue. And this type of system is attractive because it doesn't have that sort of risk.
2: So, And that's uh, correct, But, but risk for myself and my family, we've taken lots of risk with money. (laughs) <laughs> we, and, and that's the truth. We, you know, I'm not risk-averse as an individual. And the older I've gotten and the more experience I have with money, the more risk-averse I've become because I've realized how few strategies out there really work. And so our primary strategy for our finances and our money has become bank on yourself. But as an individual, I was not always risk-averse. I was always risk-averse with other people's money. I never wanted to pick up the phone and tell someone that they lost money with an investment or something that I involved them in. That was my issue for others, but not for myself. So,
1: so Kristen, you know, you, you were attracted to it for probably essentially the same reasons. You saw what happened at the banks and how people's money was being put at risk, and maybe they weren't getting the full story from the bank. Um, How does Bank on Yourself, in your opinion, how does it compare with traditional investing and saving strategies that you were exposed to at the bank?
3: Well, I think that people that start a Bank on Yourself policy, if they want to be able to invest in the market, they can still do that. But putting it through a Bank on Yourself type of policy is a way to hedge that risk And make sure that your money is still someplace where it's financially sound and growing for you. And that's something that you can't get anywhere else. You can't put money somewhere and still continue to use it.
1: And it grows like you never touched it. That's the cool thing, isn't it? I mean, isn't that a nice feature of the. Because I I want to deliver. I I do have one of these. I'm not one of uh, Teresa's, you know, uh, multi billion-dollar clients or whatever, but I, I have one of these, and I know kind of how it works, but it's cool, I think, that your money continues to grow as if you never touched
3: any of it. We are just about to take a commercial break, so we will explain that when we come back from the break. Thanks so much.
0: Living Wealthy Radio. Visit Teresa's team online at livingwealthyradio.com, 1-800-382-0830 now. Call 1-800-382-0830. Welcome back, Austin, to Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. Hello,
1: everybody. This is Tammy DeLue back with you, and we have our guests, Kristen Kolka and Teresa Kuhn here. And uh, We were talking before the break about... Uh, I was talking with Kristen how Bank on Yourself actually works because it has a couple of moving parts. And, honestly, this is something that you, if you're considering doing this, you need to get with an advisor like Kristen or Teresa and figure out how this works. But in a a nutshell, how does this system work,
3: Kristen? Sure. So Bank on Yourself is a type of uh, specially structured dividend-paying whole life insurance policy. And um, the biggest part of it uh, that's different from your traditional whole life policies is that it has living benefits. And those living benefits include a savings portion of your policy um, that gets guaranteed growth. You're never going to lose money in this policy because of market fluctuations, real estate fluctuations, uh, fluctuations in the economy. You get to use your money and continue to grow it. And then on top of that, your bonus is your death benefit.
1: Really? So the bonus part is the death benefit. I wanted to emphasize that, in Teresa, when I first met Teresa and she talked to me about this, that was the thing. You know, she, she positions it as the death benefit of these policies is really icing on the cake.
2: Correct, Teresa? Yes, although I think it's such an important component of planning, but most of my clients are not engaged with me because of the death benefit. That's not why they've Reached out to me. That's not initially why they're working with me, but once they have their policies, the death benefit becomes something that they begin to appreciate.
1: So, yeah, really. I mean, a lot of people don't have any kind of insurance, I guess. And and you probably had clients that came to you with
2: nothing, correct? We have clients that have insurance. It's just not their focus. It's, it's, it's not, not their why focus. They're speaking to me, they're speaking to us because. They want an alternative place to park money, and they want to take advantage of all the benefits that Bank on Yourself has. The death benefit typically is at the bottom, right, of of what they're interested in. Not always, but it's not their high priority.
1: You know, uh, uh, Pamela Yellen, who wrote the book Bank on Yourself, and who also wrote the uh, Bank on Yourself Revolution, which just came out, you just had her there in Austin uh, recently, right? Uh, What? What sort of things did pe- were people asking her about the plan? What kind of questions were they asking her about it that she, you know, that are common questions that you get?
2: Why whole life, dividend-paying, whole life insurance? Yeah, not sexy, is it? People don't, don't understand how that works. Why why
1: do you use whole life, dividend-paying insurance, and what the heck is a dividend-paying insurance
3: policy anyway? <laughs> so the reason that the dividend-paying whole life insurance works so much better than an account that you could get maybe at a bank or a credit union or um, through a financial institution, um, It actually there's several different components. Um, one of the biggest component is the non-direct recognition, which we touched on a little bit before, um, but basically what it does is it allows you to use the money inside your policy while continuing to grow that money you open an account anywhere else, the minute you touch the money that's inside your account, it's gone. It's no longer able to earn interest for you. So you really get to recapture um, that lost opportunity cost in the bank on yourself policy.
1: And that's the, the cost, as I understand it, of not doing certain things with your money or doing things certain things with your money and not other things. Is that it? Like buying a car instead of putting it in an investment? Is that an opportunity cost? Is that right.
3: So if you're using your money to go and buy a car, um, say you take $20,000 to go and buy a new car, if that $20,000 had been left in your savings account at your bank, you would have been able to earn interest on it. But because you're using it to buy a car, you're missing out on that interest. So bank on yourself allows you to recapture that interest that you would have earned otherwise, recapture that opportunity cost of the, the interest.
1: Now, Teresa's financial gurus or the talking heads on T V are generally against this type of system. What do you think they have wrong? What what are they missing?
2: They're missing so many so many things. I, I don't even know where to start with that. Um first of all, Susie Orman, David Ramsey, they're infotainers. And they make a lot of money and their radio shows are supported by Wall Street. So certainly they can't speak ill of Wall Street. That's, I think that's first and foremost. Number two, they do speak ill of whole life insurance, but they've never spoken about or to or commented or given an opinion on the type of whole life insurance that we use. It is a very, very specific type of insurance policy. As a side note, I will say bank on yourself and, and, and the concept of bank on yourself does get a lot of publicity, and there was a major television network who wanted to interview some clients of Bank on Yourself, and one of my clients interviewed with, you know, this major television network and show and actually spent an hour and 15 minutes speaking with them, and they were very, very interested in having my client come on the show And they prepped him, they spoke with him, and in fact, he's been invited uh, to the show tomorrow, as a matter of fact, and he got invited yesterday. And the very interesting thing that happened when he received that phone call, inviting him on the show, they told him that they wanted him on the show, they wanted him to speak about his experience with money, he's he's a brilliant man, very, very wise, Uh, and they said But the only caveat is we do not want you to mention Bank on Yourself. What? Yes. What? So initially they reached (laughs) out and wanted to speak to clients of Bank on Yourself. But now that they've selected him and he's, he's amazingly wise with money and he came from the school of hard knocks and his story is amazing and he's just. He's just a raving fan of Bank on Yourself because he finally found a financial strategy that does exactly what we say it does. He hasn't lost money. His net worth is growing every single year. He loves this, and he talks about it all the time. And the only caveat for him to appear on the show is that he is not to mention Bank on Yourself. This is a major television network who gets probably hundreds of millions of dollars from Wall Street firms? are you so, saying that our news is censored? Oh, come on now, Teresa I know, and I'm also wearing a tin hat, so I'm, uh-huh yeah. no, I'm
1: saying this is doesn't this tell you um Kristen doesn't this say a lot about number one why more people don't know about this, and number two, why they're so dismissive of it, even if they do doesn't this say does this speak volumes to the fact that uh there's a lot of rigging going on in the news industry.
3: Absolutely. And I was shocked when I initially heard about this from Teresa. But if you think about it, it makes total sense. Why would they want someone coming on um, their news network, talking about a strategy that takes money away from Wall Street, when that's where all their advertising revenue comes from.
1: Absolutely. And it makes some of their pundits also look bad, I'm sure, you know, just to have someone coming in there and speaking so in such a contradictory way about the way Wall Street and, uh, you know, the bankers operate. And we just want, I want to take a minute to say that if you're listening to this and you have questions, Teresa and Kristen, can tell you uh, you know about the website that they have which has some fantastic resources on it uh, livingwealthyfinancialgroup.com and Kristen, can how can they how can they reach you to ask you you know more specific questions about their
3: situation sure well the website uh is livingwealthyfinancial.com and the website for the radio show is livingwealthyradio.com, so you can learn about Bank on Yourself on both of those websites. Um, to schedule an appointment with myself or Teresa, the number for our office is one eight hundred three eight two zero eight three zero, 382 830 and that's one eight hundred three eight two zero eight three zero. 382 830
1: you have to do it three times. Don't you ever watch infomercials? <laughs> 1-800. <laughs>
2: so, so there is a couple, a couple things that I do want to mention. So when when Kristen started working with my office, and we do have advisors all over the country, right, that, that are part of the Living Wealthy Financial firm. But, but with Kristen, you know, the, the reason I spent so much time interviewing her and trying to figure out, you know, who she was, because I really wanted someone who could come in and – be a mini-me and support me and supporting my clients. And so it was very, very important that I had somebody who was very intelligent and independent thinker, but at the same time, um, you know, focus on details and and uh, and just a good person, right? Um, so I, I got all that with Kristen. She started working with me. And I had told her about the practice, and I had told her about the clients and how happy they were, but she had to experience it for herself, Right. And so it was an educational process for her the same way it's an educational process for our clients. When we speak to a prospect, day one, I want them to question everything we say. I want them to research independently what I say about their investments and about Wall Street and about how this works. It isn't about a sales job at all. In fact, our process is so laid back Uh, our clients ask us, all right, sign me up. I'm ready to get started. You know, the process is really very, very laid back. It is very educational because once people do their own research and we can guide them in that research, uh, they get it. They get it. Uh, And Living Wealthy Financial, the website, is designed to have a lot of educational components to it. We share books and tapes and, and, well, CDs, DVDs with our clients because once they learn, just like Kristen experienced, it's like the light bulb goes off and you say, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. In fact, in the last 12 months alone, Tammy, we've received over 240 referrals from our clients.
1: Wow wow and those are the very best best kinds of you know things to get from your clients as a referral i mean that's just that's uh, an endorsement of your of their confidence in you so that is a fantastic uh, congratulations to both of you on that and i just want to you know kind of get into the process though a little bit kristen because can of all can anyone do this or you have to be because some of the complaints or the criticisms I've read on the internet say well you have to be really rich or have a huge 401k already or you have to have another policy you can roll over who can do this and why is there a good uh, compelling reason for a younger person to start doing this?
3: Sure and actually I'm just going to um, expand some on what Teresa just said because it is true I did have to experience um talking to clients before I really believed her. You know, when I first came on she talked about how much her clients were just happy and coming from my background I was like, how can so many people just be so happy with with a financial <laughs> advisor? Um, but it's true and, and coming from, you know, the bank where uh, we were going through a time where we were raising fees and even telling, you know, poor old ladies that, you know, they had to have electronic statements or else they'd be charged $5 a month. and right, on
1: their smartphones. <laughs> yeah, and they
3: had to go to the <laughs> library to print out their statements because they didn't have a computer at home. It was just Aww. awful. And coming here and just hearing people be excited about their financial plan was such a huge contrast from what I was used to. But as far as your question, Tammy, yeah, I think that, you know, anyone can really do this. We try and meet people where they're at. If there is an instance where maybe there's health concerns or um, some type of concerns where we don't think that this type of a policy is going to be right for them, um, then we're the first ones to tell them. Um, this might not be right for you, and, and maybe, you know, let's look at some other alternatives. And especially for young people, you see, you know, people that start these policies young and can save for 30, 40 years inside one of these policies. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> the compounding effect on their savings and their growth when it's not disrupted by, you know, Wall Street fluctuations is just outstanding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Pamela Yellen said, the number one thing people say to her, I wish I'd started this earlier. Right.
3: But the majority of
2: our clients start these policies, their first policies, in their 50s and 60s. That's the age that most people finally get wise and say, you know what, I've spent 20, 30 years investing the traditional way. You know, think about it. There's so much information out there on finance and so much information out there on money, right? It's online. It's in the media. It's in TV. It's in books. If all that information was accurate and correct, wouldn't Americans not be stressed out about money? Wouldn't there be so much peace about money? Mm -hmm. And how many people do you know really have peace around money? Very, very few. In fact, we work with a ton of engineers and really, really smart guys, right, and girls. But mostly, you know, there are engineers. I'd say they're mostly guys. And they're great with math. And so they come out of school thinking, you know what, Wall Street's all about math. I'm going to kill Wall Street because, you know, here I am, uh, an engineer, and I'm going to figure out Wall Street because I'm going to figure out the math. And they spend the next 10, 20 years investing and losing money and thinking, what am I doing wrong? Why isn't this working? And then they realize it's not working because it's not math. It's not what they say it is, right? Wall Street, in many ways, is a giant casino, and you can't tame the beast. And, and you, you can't, can't time it. You can't time it. You can't tame it. And not that you can't make money, because there are people that have been able to to make money. But from a foundational perspective, bank on yourself serves individuals and families and business owners better than any other strategy out there. And everybody needs a very solid foundation for their finances. Everybody. Not one person out there. Doesn't need bank on yourself. I'm not saying they all qualify, but everybody needs a strong foundation. Everybody needs a a place to park their money that's safe and secure, and that's liquid because life happens. And Wall Street does. Wall Street has us believe we need to put. You know, if we've got savings, we've got to invest it. We've got to grow the money. But Wall Street is about risk. There's risk with Wall Street, and Warren Buffett, arguably one of the greatest investors of all time, says. The greater the risk, you know when there's risk, you can lose money, and the greater the risk, the faster you can lose your money
1: yeah, and he also had that the the great rule uh you know two rules of finance number one, don't lose money, number two, see rule number one don't
2: lose money right? don't lose money. So, so it's amazing.
1: Now, now we, we say this though, Teresa, as if they don't know about this. But in actuality, the the, the wealthy people have been doing similar strategies for for years. This is not a new-fangled way of looking at it. It's just got some new, you know, um, moderations or uh, mo- modifications.
2: Correct. This has been around a while. It's tried, and, you know, tried and true. It's been around for 160 years, and banks invest in what's called bank-owned life insurance. In fact, uh, I I forget the number, so I'm not going to say it because I I work with too many numbers. But there are hundreds of billions of dollars in bank-owned life insurance. There's something called corporate-owned life insurance, or Coley, and there are hundreds of billions of dollars, right? So there are those in Wall Street who do not invest in Wall Street. They park their (laughs) money with insurance companies. Why is that? And you know what? I just watched uh, The Wolf on Wall Street. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Fascinating. Um, Fascinating movie. But in the beginning of the movie, we've got the, uh, you know, the wolf on Wall Street, right, (laughs) speaking to his mentor uh, early in his career, and his mentor just spelled it out as it is. You know, Wall Street makes money regardless of whether the client makes money, and it's not about a win-win. It is (laughs) not about a win-win. Well, and and, and I think it's pretty obvious to most people that
1: that's true now. I mean, it's coming out. All these scandals that we've had in the banking and financial services industries and, uh, you know, all the the people intuitively know, just as they do when they go to the casino, that the odds are stacked against them. But everybody has that little ray of hope that they're going to be the one. They're going to be the one to outwit Wall Street. They're going to be the one to fool the bankers. And it usually never works out that way.
2: 60 minutes has recently done a done several fabulous exposés on Wall Street and PBS has a great online resource called the 401k gamble uh and I encourage our listeners to do their homework see you know learn about the truth behind the 401ks and and the truth about how much investors have truly made over the years and they would be probably not too surprised. They just need to see it in writing, right? And it just, see it yeah. from someone who appears to be more objective.
1: Well, uh, you know, Kristen, and now I'll go back to you. It, okay, so I'm excited about this. I'm I'm listening to your show right now I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'd at least want to look into this. So, where would I start and what procedure would I follow if I wanted to get in, you know, if I wanted to become a client? What's going to happen?
3: Well, I think the first step is to get educated, and our offices can help with that. We we like to send out a lot of educational resources to get people up to speed with what Bank on Yourself is and, and how it can work for um, them as a client. Uh, but Really, the first step is to call our office and set an appointment with myself or Teresa, and we can talk about what you're doing currently and, and how this can help. Okay, and then, from
1: there, you're gonna get some material that you're gonna read over, and they're gonna talk to you know there's gonna be some interaction between you and living wealthy financial group, and they will walk you through the process and they, and what they were saying, what Teresa was saying earlier is absolutely true. They will tell you flat out if if they don't think this is going to benefit you and or if you're gonna have some issues and they'll let you know and it's not about a sales pitch I could tell you uh you almost have
2: to beg them to um get a policy almost.
1: <laughs> Well, wouldn't I wouldn't go tracer? that
2: far. No, I, I wouldn't go that far. But, no, but, but the mean, bottom line, pr- <laughs> we you know, one of the principles of our firm is that we only want happy clients. And I know that sounds very naive and Pollyannish, but it's very true. We, we don't want unhappy people. And if this is not a good fit, either personality or from a financial perspective, we – you know, with with our blessings, want people to to not participate and bank on yourself. Kristen is a witness, and so is you know the rest of our team. Right? We've we've got an amazing team at Living Wealthy Financial, and they will testify to the fact that we do not have unhappy clients.
1: You don't. Uh. And I, I will testify that, to that, too, because several years ago, uh, Teresa had engaged me to do sort of a client survey and, and go through and get some testimonials. And I'll tell you, I was waiting seriously, Teresa, honestly, to, for the other shoe to drop because I would call people and they'd go, oh, my gosh, we love working with Living One. We love Leanne. We love Kristen. We lo-. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And I this call after call I'd make. And I would jump around on the list just to make sure you hadn't stacked it up against me the first few <laughs> <laughs> And... And I would get the same same reactions from people. They would go on and on and on. Oh, I told my brother about this after I met them. And so, and I said, no one is that good, no one. And after I think 40 or 50 of these calls, I was convinced that, that really you didn't have unhappy clients. They were all really satisfied with the, the level of service, the professionalism and the ethics and everything else. And, you know, most people are afraid now, Teresa, to open their statements, their financial statements, because they just don't want to see what's happened to it. And your clients are like, oh, I can't wait to get my statement. I can't wait to do. It. I can't wait. I'm
2: like, what? Yeah. Now we're not real? perfect, right? We we do make mistakes. No. We want to we want to make sure. Well, I, I know you're not. Per- no one we're, is. We're and, and I would be very suspect of anyone
1: that had 110 percent approval ratings. It's kind of like those Yelp businesses that have like 16 stars or whatever. You're like, what? But I think that w- w- what I, what I came across with was that if you want to look into something and you want an unbiased. Unvarnished opinion of where you you know where it fits in your life. You can get it from Living
2: Wealthy Financial Group. Since we started tracking referrals, uh, we've received uh, over 440 referrals to date. Since we wow several years and that's
1: really impressive. So, I think uh, again, if you go to the Living Wealthy Financial Group. Site or the LivingWealthyRadio.com site, you'll find a lot of great resources, and that's a good place to start. We've used all our time up. Give us the number one more time where they
2: can reach you, Teresa, to get this information. I would say go to LivingWealthyFinancial.com. All our contact information is on there. And Kristen, from the bottom of my heart, I love working with you. Thank you for for putting up with me oh, thank uh, you (laughs) and the awesomeness that you are and Tammy also as well thank you so much for taking over as hostess today on Living Wealthy Radio I I hope I did
1: okay and I did you justice I hope and you guys have a great and a wonderful day take care
2: you've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio on Talk 1370 and streaming live at talk1370.com I'm Teresa Kuhn and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.